0: Welcome to a special Tigris at the Club World Cup edition of the Liga Mekis preview. Although we typically talk about the upcoming Liga Mekis weekend in these episodes, you know there is no way that we could ignore the big Liga Mekis story of the week, which is Tigris going up against Bayern Munich in the Club World Cup final and just narrowly losing one nothing. So that'll be our focus uh, for today. And here to help me out is an expert on Tigris and Tigris Femenil. You know her as at Mane Camelo on Twitter. Mane! Thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me. So much to talk about after uh, a very exciting uh, Club World Cup.
0: Most definitely, most definitely. And we also have our very own Amelia, aka Azteca Amelia Lopez. Amy, how are you doing? How are you feeling after wa- watching Tigres in the Club World Cup?
2: When you said Tigres in the club, I was like, oh, remember when we were allowed to go to clubs? Like I was, I was, I was picturing like all the Tigres players just like in the club, just like you know. when was
0: the last time you went to a club I
2: can't oh I specifically remember the last time I went to a club and my mid-20s I don't
0: know
2: it's also accompanied
0: by a slight
2: heave in my throat (laughs) but uh but I think I mean I'm glad we have Mana here because I think it's good to see like an actual fan like an immediate fan perspective you know obviously we're talking before we started recording so she's still all her all her feelings are immediate it just happened this morning um, and I think as as more like third party reporters or just yeah. like fans of the league, um, it was cool. I, I, I there's uh, there's a lot to talk about, but I mean I'm still like you know hats off to Tigris.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, I guess let's just dive into. It. I mean, because that's what we're talking about today is just you know you know Thigris against uh, Bayern Munich. But I mean, we we talked about it like briefly before we started rec- recording. But I mean, just your immediate thoughts and feelings after that one, nothing loss for, 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 for Tigres.
1: You know, it's, it's definitely a bittersweet feeling because, you know, we all knew that coming in Bayern was a clear favorite for this, but I think seeing the attitude of players, you know, with that video, the team uploaded with now saying those words saying like, I can't visualize myself uh, without the cup in our hands. It made me realize that the players were really aware of what was happening. This was a historic moment. This was something that nobody, not even in Mexico, but in the whole region, had accomplished, mm-hmm. which was to make it to the final. And that by itself, it was an accomplishment. But for me to see that, no, we want more. We want to like actually win this thing. We don't want to go to the attitude of, oh, it's great. We made it all this way, right? gave me the hope that that feeling and that motivation was going to play a lot. And it did. I do think there were a couple of players who weren't at their best today, which were Diego Reyes and Javier Aquino. Yeah. But if you see Salcedo, even though he almost had that big blooper, <laughs> he still had like an amazing game, you know? He was, you know, showcasing his experience in Bundesliga. Even now, had amazing saves. Um, I mean, I think Guignac couldn't do much because, you know, Bayern had the ball. And even though we still had some plays where Guignac almost scored at Chilena, we didn't really have a lot of opportunities. And I think for me, obviously, um, it's always been the style of play of Tigres. And I think they stayed faithful to that style by just defending and trying to like create attacks all the way through like the defense starting there, you know, and I think it was hard, you know, you're playing basically a best against the best Bayern Munich in history. They just achieved something that only Barcelona had achieved in history. So it's not a small feat, right? And I think it was wise for Tigres to stay, first of all, faithful to their style of play. And second, just, it was a, it was the best way to go against a team like this. You know, if they had gone full attack, we would have opened so many spaces and we wouldn't be talking about a 1-0. And it, granted, they mm-hmm. didn't, you know, they weren't very, how do you say it in English, like Finos, they weren't like very accurate in into putting the ball there you know they had a couple posts hit there uh but I think what what I want to say bother but what makes me feel a little like uneasy or like we could have done more is that the fact that the Bayern goal came from um from uh uh how to say like a hand
0: yeah like, like a handball like an apparent yeah, handball, handball. I th- yeah I think I think when you look at some of the clips it looks like there was a handball there
1: yeah, and I think it's a controversial I, call, you know? Yeah, and I,
2: I think Wiesel actually had a picture he posted where it's like, it's very clearly a handball.
1: Right, um, and, and and I think for me, the fact that Bayern could only score because of that says a lot about Tigres as a team, you know? Because granted, the, the problem with scores like this is you always stay to wonder what would have happened if that, mm-hmm. you know, Bar had decided that that goal didn't count. Maybe they would have scored another one. Who knows? But it always gives you the feeling that maybe Tigres could have, Done more or could have taken this to penalties, which would have been a possibility. You know, I think Digaz was aware that the more they pushed his game further down and probably taking the penalties, the chances were bigger. But um, I, I think it's not it's not the best to stay like clinging to those kind of decisions because we do know that Bayern was superior, like we yeah. all expected, but it's still like I think we can all be proud to say that um, Cantires have, could have done things better for sure. There's a lot of people questioning why on the last minutes Duca didn't make some changes to be more f- forward in the attack. But if you see the bench, I would think only like Julian Quiñones who did come in and Leo Fernandez would have been the options. But other than that, you didn't have a depth in the bench. You know, you you lost a lot of players in the last season and then Diente Lopez who was doing a good job couldn't come because of covid so in reality, there wasn't, like, many options either. He was playing with with the best people he had. And maybe, uh, you know, it could have been a debate between if Ugoyala should have entered instead of Diego Reyes. But I, for example, expected Nahuel to go like he did during CONCACA Champions, like in that last play, for him to go forward and try to... Even if Bayern ended up scoring a second goal, at least you went forward to try and kill and look for that tie. So... I think all in all, it, it was a good game. Obviously, when when you see Bayern go like scored eight goals against Barcelona, and of course it it, it wasn't all the members, and they're not called to play with the same intensity, but it shows that Tigres was able to to stand their ground and to to give a good game. And yeah, yeah I think it's it's a good thing as a fan to be like, I don't want to conform myself to a second place. I want more. But this should motivate the team. That after winning so many leagues and that you saw that like spark that wasn't there anymore for them to realize i want to come back to the world cup i need to get back into the conca champions win it again and then come back and try to go for that final again so that's the the biggest takeaway i get from this the fact that the the team hopefully that gives them a new spirit of competition and wanting more because a team that's won so much in 10 years sometimes it's easy to kind of fall and not be motivated anymore. So I hope this just left something in, inside of them, like that Libertadores loss left something mm-hmm. in them to to keep pushing for more and not just say, oh, I'm, I'm the second place in the world, but like, no, I want to make the history. Like I did this one time, but next time, which is a very incredibly hard feat, win the whole thing.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think uh, what by just making it to the final alone, I think that was already historic. You know, I feel like just by making it to the final, that was, you know, pretty memorable for Thegus. And I think, at least for me, the way I was thinking going into it was that, you know, if a, if a win was going to be a miracle, then I think that w- what I was feeling was that the minimum goal for a successful run in the Club World Cup is for Thigges to be competitive in the final, and that's what they were. I, I think. I think because of that, they this is a successful turn for them. It was a successful match for them, and it's. And I like the fact that, as opposed to having a conversation where we're like, "Oof, you know, they won four nothing, five nothing, 6 Because, because for for a couple moments in that first half, I was thinking, "Oof, this might get ugly. This could potentially get a little difficult." But they just really held their own, and I'm glad that. We can talk about a Tigris side where we're saying like, oh, if that would have happened, if this would have happened, if that was a handball, if Gignac would have connected with that ball, with that like semi-Chilena, like somewhat bicycle kick that he had late on in the game, how would that have changed it? I'm glad that we can have that conversation and just talk about how competitive they are as opposed to saying, oof, you know, that was a very, very difficult game to watch from Tigris. You know, so I, th- I think at the end, this is, this is a success. I mean, a- Amy, what, what, are your, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I think you guys spoke about it. I mean, I know I was in the background, but I think you guys spoke about it on Monday, right? The whole point was to be defeated with dignity, right? Because yeah. Bayern were always going to be the favorites. There was just no question about that. Um, to to which, like, my surprise is that now, um, or or at least mine is explaining it better, but at the initial time, it was like, there were so many complaints of what Tuca didn't do, but it was also like, you guys only lost 1-0, you know? as And that's where I go, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. as a third party kind of viewer, you're like, hey, that was pretty good. You went toe to toe with the best club in the world, and you're you're in second place. You're second place to Bayern. Like that's a pretty good accomplishment then and there. And I know that I know that other people were also criticizing, like you know, there was only one shot on goal. You know, four shots total, but they they had to adjust because like Manis said, if there was more space there for Bayern, more there would have been more shots from them on goal. And maybe Noel doesn't have such a great game where he you know they're closing up the space or he's blocking every shot. So they, you know, they went with the approach they had to take and um, you're left with like what could have been, right? Because there was also controversy that worked in their favor. There were like two handballs that I saw that weren't called, you know, the offside, the offside call for Bayern themselves or like the handball there. Um, so I, I'm, I'm happy for them, you know, even as a non-Tigres fan or whatever it may be from, you know, from my end, there were a lot of calls that didn't work in Tigres' favor, where you're you're not only proud of them but you're even like rooting for them too because like man yeah if that had happened or this had happened maybe the game ties up you know maybe we go to extra time or we go to the pks like there's that positives instead that you're looking at rather than like you said if it was a blowout or they got washed you would have been like ah oh, you know like we went so far just for them to prove that you know we're still like you know miles behind them where instead now. You know, those who might have not known so much about Tigres or Liga Max can kind of see a team from that league and be like, oh, that's interesting. What's, you know, what's he- what's next for them? Um, and then for Tigres fans, yeah, it, it leaves them hungry for more. Like, you know what, next time we have to really, you know, ponernos las pilas and like now right. let's actually try to win it.
1: Well, and it, it shows you that soccer can be seen from dis- uh, different perspectives. It can be mm-hmm. very subjective mm-hmm. because it all depends where you stand. Obviously, uh, as a Rayel fan, you're never going to acknowledge. And there are some that did, that did acknowledge that, wow, Tigres made it all the way to the final in their first uh, cup. That's incredible. But people come into the conversation where we play better against Liverpool, right? And there's a lot of journalists in Mexico who do not like Tigres, and they can accept the fact that Guignac has been an insane player who has been an amazing ambassador for the league. I think... Um, something that's been criticized a lot from the league in the last years is that it's kind of been boring a little bit and there hasn't been like excitement. There's been a lot of cont- controversy of what players have been doing off the field and both Tigres and Rayos have always been teams that do it well, or at least in the last year because they invest wise and they bring players that are attracting people from other countries to look at us the fact that people in France were able to watch the game because Guignac was playing there. And that kind of thing is so important to make the league grow. But some people don't want to see it that way because you don't get out of your America Chivas, Chivas, Pumas, Cruz Azul nutshell. And I get it. We all know those are the teams that attract the most fan base. But to not acknowledge that both Tigres and Rayados have done things really well and that they're always fighting each other in the Mm -hmm. biggest level When 20 years ago, your fight was who won El Clásico Regio. Now it's like who did a better job at at the uh, club uh, World Cup. That's insane. Yeah. Nobody else in the league has that kind of conversation.
0: And it's really cool that we can have that kind of conversation because, like, a few years ago, it would have been ridiculous for someone to be like, oh man, like my side it played well against Liverpool. So I was like, well, you know, my side played well against Bayern Munich. And it's like, it's really cool that we're having that conversation that it's really like, like you said, money. It's like, it's really, really, I mean, you know, elevating the status of, of Mexican soccer, because I mean, over the last week, since this tournament has started, there've been a number of people from abroad who've reached out to me for like, for, for work-related stuff who have, who have never watched theaters before, who have never honestly some of them had never heard of them before up until this tournament. And now they're completely where they are. They know about Gignac, they know about Nahuel Guzman and it really really helps expand the I mean I guess it sounds like we're talking about a business here, but it is a business but expanding the Liga MX brand beyond just North America, you know. And I think that as opposed to you know other club world cups where we've seen I mean, we'll we'll be, we'll be we'll be honest here. I mean, it's just when we saw like what Chivas did in that one tournament, we saw what Pachuca have done. I mean, it's just that there have been a, a handful of opportunities where Liga MX teams have really, really been underwhelming, and you can't say that about Tigres because they were. I mean, they, frankly, they were they were a success, you know. And I'm really, really happy with their overall performance. And yeah, they lost to Bayern, but I mean, that was a very, very impressive result for them.
2: Like, well, I tweeted this. Sorry, oh, sorry. no, mind. I was just gonna say. I was just gonna say. Like, I tweeted it out where like. Because they lost, I think that little, that little jab to call them, you know, like equipo chico, like Madness said, right, there's teams that are always going to think of themselves as like the top ones. And from an exposure perspective, sure, you can make that case. Right. So maybe because they lost, there's still going to be that. And it, and there was right. You saw that discourse online, like, oh, you know, some teams have like beat, you know, or have lost to Bayern 1-0 before. And it's like a Chivas fan who's talking about a friendly like two years ago. Right. Right. So there's that little that little banter there. But I think overall, even if they don't want to say it out loud, I think people are in a sense like, hey, this is kind of cool. Yeah. Maybe Tigres is the one to open that door and increase that exposure. uh, And so they can recognize it that way. But they're also kind of like, maybe then we can kind of get them to look at our teams, too. But they have to first acknowledge the fact that Tigres made mm-hmm. this possible, which I think yeah. is I, I think everybody is in agreement in some capacity. Because, yeah, I know that they were like, oh, Tigres, you know, they try to twist it from the accomplishment to now like a like a pokey banter. Where it was like Tigres did it first on their first try and all these other teams tried before. It was like, I don't think that's the point of this. I don't think we should just right. try to take those discussions and try to be kind of like malicious with them we have to look at the this as positive as possible and you know yeah of course as a like even as a third party fan not just as a, a you know a fan of like tigre's kind of like organization and their approach this is a cool moment and so that's what i got out of it like it sucks that they lost you know even though we were expecting them to lose it's still kind of stung but it means so much for the league too
1: it does and i mean the fact that even their uh female team is so successful it talks as an mm-hmm. institution as a whole that really invest well, who is smart in their decision-making, not just only about the kind of players it brings, but coaches, the consistency, the people who work for the club, even the people who are inside of the marketing aspect of things. The fact that Semex was the owner was so involved in this whole process and made sure to be there present during um, the, the cup. It, it shows that it's somebody who takes themselves seriously, who wants to invest, who wants to create a solid project, and they have. As somebody who grew up a Tigres fan, like really long time ago, I mean, when I started watching, it was in the early 2000s when, in a long time ago where Pachuca beat us two times in the final. And I remember being a little girl crying, like, I'm never going to see this team beating anybody. That was like my train of thought. Whereas the next year's Royale started winning a bunch of stuff. And a lot of people were like, why don't you switch? I'm like, who switches team? Like, of course not. And, but for me, it was like, no, I'm going to stay here. And even if I don't never see them win, at least um, I'm, I'm here with the institution and stuff. And who would have thought? I, would, I, I couldn't even envision us winning a domestic league. And for me, as a fan who, who lived through really hard times, even with Daniel Guzman and you know, Chaggy as president and all those people, and saw that we almost went to relegation again, seeing this shows us like sure obviously there are always things to get better and that there's things that we could have done better of course but I am the kind of fan who remembers those bad bad times and I'm like insanely grateful that we're living such a powerful moment for the institution and that we're finally seeing a player like Gignac decide to come to our team no other team in the league or no not even a team in South America or the MLS for that matter that he decided to see to come to this team because he saw a solid project and he fell in love with it. And I don't it's really hard to see a uh somebody who's not from Mexico come here, especially if he's European. When do you hear of European players coming to Mexico? It's it's and I think we're used to it now and we hear Guignac singing in Spanish, you know, his banda songs are norteñas. But then we realize like, okay, this is not it's still special, it's still not very common. And I I think uh, Probably until this era is done, we're going to appreciate it way more than we are right now. I do know there's a lot of people who do appreciate it as of now, but uh, the mark in history they have made is bigger. And I think that's why today they were motivated to win. And that's probably why they seem really upset about losing because they know from all the teams right now in the region, they're probably the only one who could have done that as of now. I hope, as you said, it opens the door for other Mexican teams to feel confident to go fight there and make history and, uh, you know, beat the Colmebol champions and granted European teams have been wanting 13 out of the last 14 cups. We all know Europe is above everybody else, but why not? I think it's a possibility. And I hope, uh, this, as you said, will probably motivate some other players to look at Mexico and be like, Hey, maybe if Guignac is there, it could be an interesting league to go to.
0: Yeah, most definitely agreed. And I want to, I mean, we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, but Amy, I want to go to you on this one. We we kind of like briefly mentioned it, but like for you, what, is, what does this result mean for, what do you think it means for Liga and just men's soccer in, in Mexico in general? Like what comes to mind? We talked about like the brand expanding and Mane mentioned, you know, a little bit there about maybe some European players could look at Liga MX. but what comes to mind, you think of like the significance of this?
2: I think it, I think just that, I don't really think I have anything else to add. I think hopefully maybe, you know, like Mane was alluding to with Gignac, maybe it does. Maybe it brings back that interest. I mean, obviously COVID definitely has a huge factor in whether players are able to come here or not or travel to that extent when they do signings. But I would hope that it does do that. I mean, granted, I also am on the same boat as Mane where (laughs) Gignac is just an anomaly, so to speak, right? Because it's... I mean, I can't even think of of a situation where that's equivalent, you know, to what Gignac has done, just come to to Liga MX and then end up being just the absolute star for a team for several years, not just one, but for a very, very long time. Um, But I guess I think it'll be that. I think it's, is there someone out there that wants to do that to that level for another team um, and to create a legacy of their own um, in that way, I think.
0: Yeah, especially... No, especially since like I mean, I, I mean we just have to remember like we it's easy to forget that this guy was you know <laughs> you know a, an incredible goal scorer in Liga, and I've mentioned it numerous times beforehand. But in his final season before heading over to Mexico, he had more goals in Ligue 1 than, than Gign- Uh than than uh than Zlatan did. You know, <laughs> so it just says a lot about not only a player taking a chance to come over here. You know, he could have potentially had an easy time, gotten his paycheck, and scored every now and then. But he's really I think even exceeded his expectations. He had high expectations when he came in and you can see even just today, you know, if you didn't know anything about Gignac, if you had never known anything about the player, never watched beforehand, even today, you can see how significant of a player he was. Like when the ball was at his feet, there's almost this kind of like clarity for the, you're like, okay, he's going to know what to do here. He's going to try to make a clever pass. He's going to try to build something here, but you know, unfortunately for Gignac, at least for me in this game, I feel like, because he was pushing a little bit further back because he was trying to build a bit more you're like, Oh, if only there was a second Gignac above him (laughs) that can like, that can help him with like, get some crosses in and whatnot, or get some headers in. But, but yeah, I mean, I mean, if we're talking about men's soccer going forward, I mean, the significance of this, I mean, we've all kind of like mentioned some of the, things, uh, you know, how important it is for, for uh, you know, appear, for appearances for people abroad who have never been aware of Liga Mekis or Tigres, you know, and hopefully this, I think, gives other teams confidence. You know, maybe you can see, well, let's look at the current um, teams of the CONCACAF Champions League. You're going to have Rayados, you're going to have Cruz Azul, you're going to have America and Leon. You know, all those teams could easily win the CCL. Who's to say that they also couldn't, you know, make a run through... Uh, a club world cup and potentially be fighting for a title as well, you know. I mean, if, if I, I know Thiega, it, it might be you know a little bit stronger than the, a couple of those teams, like uh, I would say, like America or Leon and Cruz Azul. The I is they're pretty much equal, but you know, why not? You know, you know why, why can't another team be given a chance and opportunity to fight up, up against some of the best in the world?
1: And I think, uh, It's interesting because something that we say a lot is that the good thing about seeing your direct rival make it so far motivates you to, it makes the competition Mm -hmm. go up and up. And I feel probably what happened with Dida's right now that they upped Rayados after they have been in four World Cups is probably a good motivation for them to say, all right, we're going to win this CONCAC champion again and we're going to make it to the final like Dida's." and, you know, depending on the rival, see if we can potentially win it. And granted, I know... Not everybody in the World Cup gets to play against a South American team in semifinals, but some teams could have done it, but they didn't even play, they didn't even win their first game. So I think, uh, I I, I mean, from the roster and from the teams I'm seeing, Reyes is doing a good, uh, is doing well during this tournament. I think it's the strongest team right now that's going to compete for the current CONCAC champions.
0: All right. Um. I guess so. Uh, what What else do we have to talk about this game? I think we pretty much covered everything. I know Mané has a has a little bit of a short schedule here, but but Amy, any other any other final thoughts about this game? About Tigres? About Bayern Munich? About I don't know nightclubs? Uh, I don't know what comes to mind. <laughs>
2: Mané, I have one last question for you because somebody uh, asked yeah. somebody asked this to me, but I feel like you'd be how worried are you of a post Geniac Tigres? I mean, obviously they have a huge amount of depth, but like you said, right, you, you were in the you were at a stage with this team where you felt like they would never win something on an international level. Now you've seen it with Gignac and you've seen him do amazing things. How worried are you of that post-Gignac Tigres?
1: Honestly, obviously, uh, there's um, always that sense of when a big player like him leaves, it hits the team hard. But I still trust like Ingeniero and all the people who are uh, leading the charge of renewing Tigres to bring somebody that maybe, yeah, nobody's gonna be able to replace him, but it's still gonna have Tigres in a competitive uh, state because right now we're being successful is because of the institution and the the people they put uh, on the leadership roles and the people who've been working on um, bringing players like Gignac. And yeah, I know the other players have come that we have that expectation, even um, French players, but I'm sure Tigres is already planning for that. I, I, from what I've seen in the last 10, 11 years, it seems that they already have a plan in place, or even with Duca, I'm sure they already have, are working on who's going to replace him. They're not just going to kick him out and then see who we can bring. It's all very well-planned and and long-term decision-making. So even though I am worried, and we're probably not going to see this that much anymore because that's naturally what happens with certain teams that they have always like an era where they're really powerful and then kind of like wind down. Unless you're Real Madrid or even Barcelona, (laughs) you know? Um, But uh, I'm sure the, the team is gonna surprise us right now. I know there's not, there's a lack of money, but after this participation where you're gonna bring home 5 million euros and maybe this is gonna bring money back to home they're probably going to be able to find good players. I know a lot of people were expecting for a like super solid player to, to be hired, to come to the uh, club world cup and Carlos did. And you know, he's still a great signing and he still did a fantastic job during the tournament, but a little long widened answer. I just think, uh, I, I'm not super worried. I think the team is still going to be giving us uh, very good signings and Gignac is probably gonna stay in the team even if it's not like a player. And I think uh what he's gonna mean for the institution is gonna be huge.
2: He's gonna go and coach Tigres Feminile. Watch. I'm just kidding. Yeah, that'd be cool. (laughs) (laughs) And then last question given how they there's now technically the second best T club team in the world. So keep that in mind. Will you be sad, upset, or let it slide if they lose to Cruz Azul next week?
1: I'm going to be upset. I mean, I know they're coming from a long, long they're, period.
0: They're going to get like a one nothing loss. Then they're going to draw against San yeah. Luis after that. And then they're like, they're going to like qualify uh, for the player. Pa-
1: this is exactly what I'm talking about. It's so painful because we know they showed us what they're capable of, but they come to Liga MX and it's just like slow passing the ball up and down. It's just it's more of that. So again, I hope that what happened is a motivation to make it to the Conca again, but in order to do that, they need to do well in the domestic league. And maybe I'm not gonna be upset if they play if they lose the next game because they're gonna be tired uh, coming from Qatar is a very long flight and you know it was a lot of emotions. But I do I'm gonna be, be upset if they don't don't um, perform well in this tournament and even maybe if they don't make it to the final.
0: But nonetheless, I mean just to like close things out, you know, digras, you know two wins uh in the out of three in the club world cup narrowly losing uh to Bayern munich in the final so finishing in second place and of course too we got to give a shout out to jignac for winning uh the silver ball award uh along with joshua kimmich and robert lewandowski so that was pretty cool to see right there that that image of him like uh, next to kimmich and lewandowski uh holding up their award so shout out to jignac and shout out to thegates for i mean definitely Definitely a memorable run and a historic run which we, we got to say a historic run in the club world cup so i think uh so that's it for us actually money we already did i already mention what your twitter account was i forgot maybe in the intro but in yeah Facebook, oh well, yeah at money camilla correct
1: correct yes
0: and is where could we find your i guess i guess most of your work you'll you'll post up there
1: yeah, uh, I mean, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and now Amy knows because I talk about it a lot with her, <laughs> the clubhouse thing.
0: Oh, you're a part of the club. Yeah. <sighs> See, I don't yeah. have, it's Dude, not available she, for She's Android. an
2: ambassador for clubhouse. <laughs> what? I don't have, uh My I... girl getting paid or something because this woman's <laughs> pushing it like there's no tomorrow. No, but it's super cool. Um, I'm going to go ahead and plug her myself. She does amazing work with women's soccer. Um, and if you can, when she shares it, I definitely recommend getting on some clubhouse uh, uh calls and such um in regards to women's soccer it's a really cool thing that she's putting together over there
0: well if you're an ambassador tell them to release it on android right because i can't <laughs> find it actually i downloaded a clubhouse and i was like wait this is the wrong clubhouse like this is like this supposed
1: to talk about soccer here <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right well that's for us uh Thanks to Amy. Thanks to Mane. Uh, don't forget to give us a rating review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to connect with us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Mech Soccer Show and on Instagram at The Mexican Soccer Show. Thanks again. And until next time, we'll see you in the next episode. See you guys around.
1: Having me. Bye.